Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes, and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Okay, good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110s and numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer your question. So, uh, you know, always by the end of the end of the session, we've got a couple calls hanging. We want to get to your call. So give us a call. 558-1110. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me is Kyle. This is the interactive call-in show for you to call in, and we can help you answer those questions you've got with your car as far as trying to get it fixed. Today's going to be a rough day to get it fixed, but you could probably move some crap out of the garage and pull the car in. People aren't going to do that. People aren't going to do that. <laughs> It'll wait. I'm always amazed. i just always amazed at how a couple of really nice cars in, in, in certain neighborhoods, and they just sit in the driveway because there's too much stuff in the garage. There's too yeah. much stuff in three garages. How's that? Well, that happens to me a lot. You know, like I'll be... You know, trying to get something, I got to get something new for the garage, and I got to move everything out to get it in. And by the time I'm done, you know, seven or eight people have stopped and thought I was having a yard sale. And (laughs) no, no, I mean, what do you give me for it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then you get the one thing in there you need, and then you don't use it for like three or four months. You know, that's true too. That's there. (laughs) Better believe I own one. Yeah. Well, I just kind of figure it's a garage. That's what you put cars in for. So that's that's just the way I've always worked. And uh, it's all the other stuff has either got to go. Yeah. Or you got to build something else to put your crap in. One Give more. or take if you're counting parts for cars. I mean, I got eight or ten cars in a two-car garage. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. You're right. A lot of fun. Well, it's getting cold out there. It's getting into the teens. You know, um, you know we've talked about batteries. We, we batteries. already had, we had one just the other day. <clears throat> pulled up, get gas. Uh, car wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. You know, it. Uh, I, you know, I think she kind of knew maybe it was on the, the teetering, but you know. Yeah. So we pop- learned today. Well, yeah, we learned today. Just tossed the battery <laughs> in real quick, got her going to work. So I don't think she even was even late for work. So this is a time of year when it starts getting down below thirty-two and into the teens. It's going to bring all of those weak batteries out, mm-hmm. and then kind of going forward. So the rule of thumb has always kind of been uh, the average life of a battery is about three and a half years, and that's nationwide. Yeah. So if you're living in an area where, that we're not, you know, it's 70 degrees all year long, you're going to get longer out of that battery. Sure. It's When it goes into the teens and gets to 100 degrees, you know, and, they, and they, 
they, they put the batteries, a lot of batteries are underneath the hood. So they just Yeah, it goes it. from zero to two hundred and twenty degrees. Yeah, yeah. In all a drive cycle. Yeah. And then the batteries that stick inside the card, they seem to last a little bit longer. But there's just only a certain amount of life to it. So uh you know, be proactive, I guess is what we're get saying. Get in, get a check before we run out. Yeah, before <laughs> it's gonna happen. It happens yeah, every year. It does. At least once. It does. You know, you go from replacing one or two a week to twenty five a week. But and of course that's just what you need, so you know, and antifreeze is another thing. I, you know, I took a couple of phone calls already this morning where my car heats up and then cools off and heats up and cools off as they're driving down the road. Well, you've got antifreeze that's low, typically. You sure. could could have head gaskets that are out uh, because the engine will manufacture air inside the cooling system, and then that will cause heat to, you know, the, the heat to kind of come and go. But the first thing to check is antifreeze. Cause Look it can, at it. Yeah, it, it can leak out a little bit at a time. And you just don't notice it. And uh, antifreeze has got too much chemicals in it to evaporate. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to do one or two things, we've always said. Leak or burn. Leak it or burn it. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it, you don't necessarily have to smell it out the tailpipe when it's burning it. Nine times out of ten, you don't. You don't. Unless it's ruptured and it looks like a choo-choo train out the back after you're done. Once but, in a blue moon, we yeah. get those in... It was somebody's fault that it got that bad. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, it, yeah, it, and that comes from keeping the antifreeze low, and it's just kind of stressing out the the entire system. So, you know, and here and here's another thing that we've been running into too. And we run into it every year is that you know the one thing that we besides people don't check the the oil and how low it is most of the time is we don't think about the air pressure till the light comes on. Yeah, it's days like today. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so, tires are low. If you yeah. haven't gone out to your car yet this morning, your tires are low. Yeah, they are. I can tell you that. Yeah, maybe a little. Maybe maybe they're flat, but they are a little. They're all low. So what we normally do when it gets this cold is if it you look in the door, you know, on a newer cars, they usually have a little placard in there, that little yellow uh, sticker tells you where your tires should be. You know, a lot of times it'll tell you one number for all four. Sometimes it has certain pressure for the front and certain pressure for the rear. And if it says like 32 or 34, we usually put them a, a couple of pounds above. So if it says 34, we do 36. That allows for the fluctuation in temperature back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to go terrible on the ride. Now, if you go, it says 34 and you pump them to 54, it, the ride's going to be horrible. Yeah. You're probably not going to lose air for about a month and a half <laughs> or six months, <laughs> but it's going to ride horrible. And that's it's not. It's just got to break in, then it'll be riding good by the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then every year that tires get older, the rubber gets harder, mm-hmm. and and your ride gets a little bit harder because uh, a lot of things that I hear from you know when we put new tires on on cars is that, wow, I don't I don't remember the car riding quite like this. Well, it's got new, softer rubber. Yeah, it's flexible. like when we put struts on a car. Yeah, I mean, you've done a pair of struts that you know were leaking for years. Yeah, and then you put a brand new set on there, and you're like. Well, this isn't my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, struts are something that go uh, bad every day over a long period of time, and you just get used to it. Yeah. It's, unless it just collapses and breaks one day, then it's it's pretty easy to say, okay, well, that ride's terrible. Yes, today and yesterday it was beautiful. But you're right. That's You get a lot of comments about that too. So <clears throat> you just don't know. But, you know, now they're starting to come up with battery-operated. So, you know, here's a little thing that you can keep in your garage. For uh, They have little little portable 
air compressors you can just stick right on the wall. They cost mm-hmm. about 50, 60 bucks. You know, this might be a good Christmas present for somebody that you can just put it up to your tire and then you can air them up right in the garage. And it just plugs into 110, has a little bit of compressor. Everybody has those little things that they can buy, you know, portable handheld. Mm-hmm. But it would be a lot nicer to just have it mounted on the wall, kind of like a garage vacuum or something like that, hook up to the tire. And, and then, you know, you can do that in the comfort of your garage or the comfort of your outside your garage. Yeah. Because your car doesn't fit. That's me. That's you. Okay, well, you're one of the guys. 150 feet of air hose in that garage. You're one of the guys. I know. Okay, now I know who. Now I know who it is. I got a flat tire in the backyard. You better believe I'm getting to it. Yeah, (laughs) one way or the other. That's for sure. Um, you know, here's another article I thought was very interesting. We are willing to, and this is a poll um, of what you're willing to pay for a car, and it seems like the average of kind of across the 50 states. Uh, to get what you really want, um, 37% are willing to pay over the MSRP in order to get what they want. Sure. Um, you know, likely, you know, getting a car can be, a, have to be a quick process because your car died, now you got to get another one. You know, yeah. and that's got to be, uh, I got to have it within a couple of weeks. I can't Generally, borrow. people don't get a car unless they need a car. Yeah. Yeah. And I it, think. Well, then I you, mean, that's the way it works with me. Yeah, if you have time to order it, you know, you can wait for it and, and you know, just kind of fix along the one you got until your new one comes in. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know. It, here's was the uh, Rhode Island. They were willing to only give up about 11%. And the people in Idaho, they call Idahoans, that's what they said here, hmm. 71% over MSRP. They must need cars out there. Yeah. They must not have it. pay twice what this is worth. Yeah. (laughs) And then have to wait for it to break. All right. uh, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Mr. Mechanic. Yes. Change my oil. Okay. Transmission fluid and spark plug coils. Uh-huh. Rotate my tires and wash it all over. Oh. And new brake pads so you don't get run over. Mechanic. Yeah. My car is so old. Uh-oh. Don't even have a working cruise control. Uh-huh. Please help fix my POS. Okay. Mr. Mechanic. Yeah. You are the Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're fixing brakes inside and outside. So, yeah, we can do it. Uh, you know, let's see. There's another article here. This was an interesting article I found. Uh, there was This was uh, over in Europe. They were uh, had some people that were protesting and they came over and they uh and I, this is maybe an old article they've been there for a while but they, they were protesting something that volkswagen did i'm not really sure what it was i don't know that it really matter but 
Anyway, they come in and they glued their hands and they sat down, glued their hands to the floor, and they're not going to go anywhere. Well, so the uh, people at the uh, the place that they went into, they just shut the heat off and locked the doors and turned the lights out and left. Okay, left them there. Well, and a couple of them needed medical help because uh, their hands are glued to the floor. Yes, no kidding, huh? <laughs> <laughs> They had to, well, the security card come around every once in a while and checked on them. Sure. And make sure. Hey, are you still alive? I'd offer you a sandwich, but I'm not sure it's going to work. No, it it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. They, they uh, obviously couldn't go to the bathroom. So you got a mess there. They had a situation there. And uh, I thought it was pretty unique. They just kind of let them protest and then didn't shut the door and uh, said, there you go. And uh, they didn't, it didn't work out. Well, usually, now I need to read more into this. Yeah, usually what you do is you fight that. You know, you got to go this, that, or the other, and it just becomes a big, you know, whatever. But uh, just to lock the doors and say, uh, okay, well, we'll see you uh, when your hands start burning. And uh, apparently one did, and and uh, he, he got a he got a right to the hospital. Yeah, I mean, what if they don't know anything about this building and it's infested with mice or cockroaches <laughs> or something, and you got that to deal with? Well, I think I mean, it, yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty nice building that had all sorts of, you know, nice flashy cars in it. They didn't ruin any of the cars. They were just protesting. You were just glued to the floor for a while? Yeah. How'd I, they get them off? I don't know. I, I don't know if they thought that far ahead. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, we've all super glued our hands by accident, and that's a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> it is. You, you panic because next thing you know, you yeah, you're like, well, there goes my hand. <laughs> been a, been a good run. <laughs> a couple of things you'd like to use, and and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Had uh, a new approach. Obviously, they had thought about it. If what was going to happen, what what they were going to do. It's very wow. it's very anticlimactic on their part if uh, nobody's around to to. Uh, participate it's no fun isn't it yeah i mean i guess i i want to talk to these people yeah it was a weird or at least see an interview i don't know if i want to talk to them no no i don't think we don't need to interview them on the show here no you don't here's one thing kind of right about this time of year which is pretty prevalent too is that um you know harvest is done or almost done if anybody's going to get it out it's done Mm -hmm. and uh of course that just takes all the hiding places away from deer so uh, 2.1 million deer vehicle collisions occur in the United States every year. And that's why the population's so thin. Mm, yeah, well, and there's <laughs> plenty of yeah, causing 10 mil, 10 billion in economic losses and 59,000 roughly human injuries and about 440 deaths. Is that including the deer? The 440? Uh, you know, no, no human. That's human. Okay. I, I think we don't got a number on the deer. I think all the deer die at some point. You just don't see it. Yeah, you don't see it right away. No, no. I it, was in Minnesota a couple weekends ago. Some of you missed me here on the show. Mm-hmm. One or two of you out there. But I saw the biggest deer up there that I have ever seen. Jumped right over my dad's car. Really? Yeah, right out in front of the car, right across the street. But you know, <laughs> and if you get to be that I old. I swear the next time I see that thing, Santa Claus is going to be hooked to the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> big deer so if you're up there listening yeah you know and, what i'm talking about and if you get if you get a deer that's that old you know he's been around a while he's yeah he's good at hiding and he's fairly smart i suppose uh he's got to cross the across the road at some point or another and that's never a, a good situation yeah they look like they were in a hurry to get somewhere i don't know what the deal was but i don't know what a schedule uh, of a deer yeah. is like but i suppose when they hear gunshots i suppose they get 
they got to go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> time's up. <laughs> when you see Jimmy fall over there, I suppose that uh, you, something's going to scare you and figure out. We're not going to wait around to see what's happened to him. We're just going to take off. Yeah. Let's jump know. over that Pontiac. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they never, it just, I've had a few, few friends that their cars, they didn't hit the deer. The deer ran into the side of them. Oh yeah. That's happened. As it runs right inside of the vehicle, right, right inside of his truck. So, you know, it damaged the, the, it, it, at least it didn't come in the car. And, and, I, and I've actually had, I've, <laughs> I've seen that happen too, where somebody is like that movie, Tommy boy, when they put the deer in the back, cause they feel bad cause they hit it. And then it yeah. comes back to life and <laughs> tears the convertible top off the car. Yeah. Most of the time they're stunned and that's when they run off. And, uh, but that was uh, just a big number, you know? And I, we, we talked a little bit about daylight savings time and you know that's it's twice as more likely to to hit a deer when you when when the sun goes down mm-hmm. so you know once that dusk to actual dark and beyond that's kind of when it's a bigger deal so the only deer I've ever hit is in the middle of the daytime last one was on highway 370 I was going to the baseball game and I'll tell you he needed to get across the road apparently yeah I don't know. Maybe something happened in his life. He was just ready to end it all because he just kind of went out there in the road and stopped. <laughs> I, I <don't> know. <laughs> I'm doing 70 with a horn blare and yelling out the window. Well, he wasn't keeping up with you like Couldn't a dog, was he? <laughs> was he keeping up with you like a dog does? No, he was standing there in the middle of the road huh? waiting on me to get there. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, got there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, you know, the other thing we're thinking about too we were talking off the air a little bit was the fact that the tires um and we've kind of mentioned this many a times that the tires are are getting harder to get the the amount of inventory that that's out there is not nearly as much as what they were um so if you're thinking about tires it seems like there's less of a selection too i mean we used to pull up our server and i mean you'd have pages of tires pages of tires and And i uh, mean like any size I mean, every once in a while we get, oh, that's a weird size. We it, and, I, that. and I suppose you can get tires. It's just that do you want that particular tire? Because there's there's different grades. There's uh, there's cheap, you know. There's there's just very, very cheap just to get you around. Sure. But but those, and there's a lot of tires that, are, that just don't go good in this particular part of the weather or this part of the country. No. So there, And that's usually the cheaper tire and 40,000-mile tire. But uh, you want to get something that's, you know, popular goes good you know get some mileage out of it and and rides good it's they just get fewer and far between i know there was some other uh somebody was in the other day saying that there's certain brands that are and i won't tell you which brands they are but come winter time and beyond they're gonna it's gonna be really kind of hard to get them you Mm -hmm. know they were more of an upscale brand they just everybody kind of went back to work all the production was just kind of down and they just didn't make that much because you know, everybody was home, and now everybody's out. Yeah, they and need tires again. They need tires again. That's so. It's just not something to wait because it used to. A lot of people would wait till the first snow, the day of the snow, or they would wait till they seen it in the forecast and then go get them. But uh, that might be a little too late to get maybe what you want. So just fair warning. I'm sure they're out there. It's just you know you never know what you're going to get and how long they're going to last and how good they're going to be. So that's another thing. 
All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, let's help fix your car today. I know I know people are listening there, and we want to help you out today. So Somebody call. Yeah. Or we're going to call you. We're going to call you. I've threatened it before. Yeah. Well, we got we the phone. Could, we got the phone book here. We yeah. Could, we could phone ra- book around here somewhere. We could randomly call somebody and see what's wrong with their car. You know they got a problem. <laughs> you bet I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Kyle, put that phone book away. Put it away. Somebody call. Somebody called, so you don't have to call anybody. He had, he had, I don't know, he had Doris he was going to call, but I don't know. Hey. it was on the line, but <laughs> we hung up on her. <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to the woods yet. Yeah, we're going to head over to Jim. Jim's got an airbag question. Jim, go ahead. All right, my name's Jim. I have two vehicles, Ford Ranger 2000 and Hyundai uh, 2010. The airbags, they've never deployed, but how do I know if they're good? Is there a test or something? Well, you can hit the front of the car with a sledgehammer and see see if that gets them to go. (laughs) Well, I did. I did hit a post one day, but they didn't deploy on the Ford. Well, and you know, it's a blind kind of trust that it's going to have to happen. There's no, mm-hmm. there is not really a way to test it other than uh, to blow it up. Practical experience, but in my experience, I don't think I've heard of too many that haven't gone off. I'm sure they no. have, but the ones that we've taken out of cars and blown up on our own just just to see what happens uh, always takes off. But did you go? You got a Ranger, and those that were recalled, did you go get that redone? I didn't get anything done. Oh. Redone. Well, I mean, it was it wasn't under a recall, wasn't it? Which vehicle? That Ranger. Well, I haven't received anything. The Ranger's old and oh, it's okay. used, and uh, yeah, it's a 2000. It's all rusty underneath. I don't want oh, to okay. anything. Yeah. But it, it runs good. It's just rusty. Yeah, yeah. No, but I... I'm just wondering if those things are still good. If they slow slowly deflate like a tire. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Okay, well, that's that's not quite how it works. So that, that there's no air in there. It's an empty bag, yep. kind of packed in there like a parachute. And when you hit something, it shorts the circuit and creates an explosion, and that fills up that bag, and you have an airbag. Yep, it fills it up in microseconds, and that microseconds is just enough for they figured out for you to to get cushioned and then it deflates pretty much right away so mm-hmm. no it's just a set of contacts and then there is a sensor out in the front of the car and a lot of times they're on the side that it, it's just a basically it's a magnet it's a, it's a ball and a magnet mm-hmm. and that magnet's pretty strong and once the force has hit that hard enough to dislodge that ball from that magnet it jumps over and hits another set of contacts and boom off it goes um you know, usually if the sensor is bad, a lot of times it'll tell you, but with the 2000, I don't know, you know. It's got a light. It'll come on. Yeah. It's got a light. It'll come on. But unfortunately, there's no really way to test it because you don't really want to put another steering wheel in it. And, and Okay. I, I, I listen to you guys when I can pretty fr- uh, frequently, and uh, mm-hmm. we did talk about the Ranger once a couple of years ago. But thanks a lot, and uh, I'll just take it at that. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. All right. Sounds good, Jim. I hope you don't have to use them, yeah. you know. We don't, yeah. Modern cars, I mean, that Ranger's only got one, maybe two airbags. 
I mean, these newer cars, I mean, there's seven, eight, nine, ten airbags in this thing. You yeah. don't know if you're in a wreck or a pillow fight. Yeah, and pretty much. They got curtain airbags, you know, seat airbags. I mean, they're, they're just One popping that out of One blows up underneath your feet. And there are, I have seen cars that have gotten in wrecks and the airbag didn't deploy, but it's, you know, cars now are made, they're not made like they were back in the 80s and 70s, that they were pretty rigid. Now mm-hmm. they are made to crumple because they have figured out that the, the more energy that gets absorbed by crashing a car up and making it look like a mess, the less energy that transfers to you and, and you're safer. Using the car for the cushion. Yeah. You know, cars are cheap relatively. Yeah, so we've got they, a bunch of them. If they've got to replace a $20,000 car, the insurance company, that, that's easy. But, you know, you spend a week and a half in the in the, uh, in the the hospital, you've surpassed that by 10 times. So that's that's kind of the theory, and that's kind of why they go with it. So, all right, uh, we're going to move over to Scott. Scott's got a 2012 Subaru. Scott, what's going on today? A number of months ago, actually quite a while ago, maybe a year or so, it started having codes about misfiring and running really rough. So swapped out all the uh, coil packs on the 2012 Subaru and uh, ran great for three or four months. Started doing it again. So I swapped out the one because I didn't buy the high-end coil packs. I just bought medium-range coil packs. Swapped out the one that was doing it. Took it for a test drive. Was going to call it a success and was actually headed back to the house and started doing it again. And after that, I couldn't get it to start. So had it towed to the dealership, and they're telling me it's a head gasket, but it just doesn't quite feel like a head gasket to me. When does it start misfiring? Does it start misfiring after you let, let it sit overnight and you go to fire it up in the morning? Sometimes. Sometimes I can fire it up in the morning and drive it a couple blocks, and then it'll start misfiring. Once it warms up, it seems like. But sometimes even when it's cold, it'll do it right off the bat. Right. Any yeah. antifreeze loss? Are you putting antifreeze in? Nope, no antifreeze loss. There's no antifreeze in the oil. Oil's clean. Everything's good. Um, there's no leaks on it. And I don't see any leaks. I've been thinking about doing a compression test on it, maybe even find somebody with a little experience and do a leak-down test. That would be where I would go because, okay. I mean, they could be saying cylinder head because they've already done a leak-down test, and, I mean, you got burn exhaust valves. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's happened on these. It's not an uncommon thing. I mean, how many miles do you have on this car? 112. Okay, so not too bad. Right. I wouldn't really no. expect burned exhaust valves at 112,000. That's something, you know, no. more of those 200, 300,000 mile guys see. But Subarus generally, <clears throat> like you would have had to have overheated it a lot to have a head gasket internal problem. Most of these that I do, and I've done a lot of them, they leak externally. Right. Just the way that their coolant ports are set up, I mean, it's almost, it's really hard to get one to burn antifreeze. Yeah, and they're right down there right. at the bottom, so it's easy, you know, gravity takes effect and it leaks right out, out the bottom. And that's, Yeah. But um, if you are misfiring when, you know, after it, after it, you know, sits overnight and you're, it's misfiring first thing in the morning and just kind of goes away after that, you're, you're burning a lot or potentially burn an antifreeze inside the cylinder. And maybe not even a lot. It doesn't take a lot of antifreeze to cause a misfire. A couple drops. Yep. Oh, okay. And what do the spark plugs look like? Are they white or discolored in any kind of way? No, they look normal to me. Look normal. Hmm. Well, if if you're, 
if you're burning antifreeze over a long period, if you're burning a little bit of antifreeze over a long period of time, you're going to have uh, antifreeze that's low. As we mentioned earlier okay. on the show, there's too many chemicals in it for it to evaporate over you know any length of you know ten years, fifteen years, maybe yeah. But if it's just you know within a year, the antifreeze is going to dissipate off like that. It's going to either leak it or burn it. Okay, I'll double check the antifreeze, but. When I checked it, oh, when it first started doing it, everything was fine. But I can double check that. Sure. I guess we're probably. Then, uh, I guess we're probably saying it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility for head gaskets to be bad in that car. No. Okay. I mean, it's a very common fix. But very, very. Normally, I have more evidence to go by than this. The car's been losing coolant. I can physically see a leak. I got spark plugs that are white and crusted. You know, I've got all those things, and then I can point my finger and say, hey, this thing's got a problem. Yeah, you know, I start, put a leak down yeah, gauge on it, and I see my coolant boiling over out of the radiator. Okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll check that and do the leak down test. But, sure. Um, I mean, it'll uh, let you know where your engine stands. What's that? It'll let you know where your engine stands as far as if it's sealed. I mean, do you have a good suction? I mean, do you have a yep. workable cylinder? Okay. Uh, one other suggestion somebody had made was maybe a bad ground. Would that do that? Well, it'll cause a misfire, yeah. I mean, if your coil okay. isn't grounded, but, I mean, it's... Has that got a two-wire or four-wire? should be two-wire. Two-wire? Uh, yeah, two. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. So that's that's grounded at a different spot. Otherwise, your four yeah. wires are grounded all within the coil itself. So that two-wire, I mean, you're going to be looking at computer grounds, but... Okay. <clears throat> there's only one spot, and I mean they're generally right there on top of the cylinder head, yeah. driver side. Take the connectors off, yeah. Check those, clean those on the ground side. Pull the check for you know corroded wires there at the computer a little bit. You know, wiggle wiggle wires around. Just kind of wiggle the connectors, see if you can make it miss. That's the easiest way to do that. Got it. Got it. All right. All right. Thanks for your help. Give me some things to check. You bet, Scott. Yep. Thanks for calling. All right, uh, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back and answer some more calls. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. We are Buchanan Service Centers of 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. Stop in and see us. We're going to head over to Paula. Paula's got a 19 Grand Cherokee. Paula, what's going on today? Well, I have a vibration or a hum on the right front. We had the ball joint replaced, and I just noticed today, actually my husband did, when you let off the accelerator, the hum goes away. Hmm. It's a bearing. It's a wheel bearing. Wheel uh, bearing? Yeah. Do you know it's in the right front, or you just you can hear it? I mean, sometimes... It's, I, it's definitely in the right front. Definitely in the right front. Okay. Well, typically... <clears throat> So you just had this ball joint put in, and now we have this noise. Yeah, it, it didn't fix it. The ball joint did not. Yeah. Okay, were you trying to fix the hum noise, and then they just put the ball joint in, or was the ball joint bad, and then you came out of this repair with a hum noise? Uh, we have that replaced, hoping to fix the noise. Okay. Okay. All right. We want to just make sure that um, we weren't trying to got one problem solved and, and somehow got created another. That's kind of what we were kind of figuring out. So Ball joints don't generally hum. No, but, but yeah, ball joints won't hum. So anything that's humming like that is going to be a bearing. 
um, when you're when you let off the bearing, when you let off the gas, and it starts to hum more. So when you're driving down the road, it's not nearly as much, but when you let off the gas, it's quite a bit. Correct? Other way around. Right. Like, yeah, I'm in it right now, and I let off of it, and it goes away. Okay, it's yeah. load affected. Sounds yeah. like a pinion bearing to me. Yeah, it does kind of sound like a pinion bearing. So. What needs to be done or what we would do is lift it in the air and we would kind of duplicate that particular problem in the air by doing exactly what you're doing with the accelerator pedal. And then we're going to get a uh, specialized stethoscope out and we're just going to start poking around until we hear where the noise is at. Um, okay. You know, we just did this the other day in a, in a Jeep and uh, we were able to kind of track it down to the rear differential causing the problem. And it, didn't do it all the time, but once you would accelerate and then let off and accelerate and let off, and it's it's usually pretty easy to figure out where it's at. So, Okay. And you fellas have a shop in Omaha, is that correct? We do. Yep. Yeah, we've got a couple of them. got three of them. All right. Give us a call. Well, I we'll, appreciate your help. Yep, give us a call. We'll figure out where it's at. We'll do. Thank you, guys. Have you a bet. good day. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head over to Mike. Mike's got a 96 Bonneville. Mike, what's going on today? Well, I tell you what, uh, it just started happening. I don't use it very much. It's got 83000 on it. Um, and I can go out there and start it, go to the store or something like that, come back out, and it won't start. And uh, I might wait 15 minutes or an hour or something and go back, and it'll start right up. And it's not consistent. So I didn't know for sure what be going on there. So. Well, first thing we've got to know, I've got to know, Kyle and I have got to know, is what it don't start means. So does does it crank but won't won't catch a hold no. or it won't do anything? It won't even click? It won't even click. Okay. Okay. All right. You got good dash lights, your windows will roll down, all that electrical stuff's working good? I guess I haven't tried that, <clears throat> but I don't know for sure. Okay. So these cars... Kyle knows exactly what we're talking about. These cars are very, very common for the got a double, double positive battery connection, double yep. ground. Yep, and they're terrible hor- idea. Horrible connection there, and then every car had it. So, uh, on that double connection on the positive, half of that that cable goes down to the starter. The other half goes over to the uh, alternator fuse box. Yep, junction box, and so you're not powering up a bunch of stuff when you get a bunch of corrosion in there. And a lot of times they just work themselves loose. Yeah, so they were not okay. a good idea. No, they weren't a good idea. Any means. No, we we fixed a lot of them by just put them all together and make you know, one deal, make, make one connection, and solved a lot of that. So first thing I would do is go over and see if those things are loose. If they're loose, tighten them up. If they are that loose, and you tighten them up, and a lot of your problems go away, then go back. Take it all back apart, clean everything as good as you can. Yep. Make it all one unit. Yep, exactly. Make it all one unit or clean everything up as you can, kind of leave it as it is, and then periodically go over there and tighten that up. My guess is you've got corrosion in between those two you can't see, mm-hmm. especially because okay. you say it, it, nothing happens, so you're not getting power to where you need power to to get the car started. Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to get rid of the car, but on the other hand, I didn't really want to solve problems. So. Yeah. That's the first place hey. I would start, you know. It's hey. uh Thanks for your time. Yeah, not a problem. I didn't know if you had another question there or not. So you bet. have a great weekend. You do the same. Appreciate the call. Eighty three thousand miles in that car. Boy, it didn't get driven very much at all. Yeah. 
probably still in good Perfect shape. Perfect place for corrosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, General Motors, uh, it just was not a good idea when they did that. They did it to trucks. They did it to, and they were all side. Terrible idea. All side post batteries. And, uh, Terrible. You know, every battery will vent a little bit of acid or, you know, out of the battery. It, it's mm-hmm. off-gassing is what it's called. And when it off-gasses like that, it heads to the first metal thing it can find. That's why you find the brackets that are rusted away. You find battery cables that are rusted away. You just find all sorts of stuff that can be rusted. because You it, know what can do away with that if you got batteries that keep corroding? What's that? Take some glue and put a penny right between the terminals. Really? That just draws it to that? Yeah, it'll draw to the copper before it will the lead. Oh. Sacrificial anoid. Well, I, I yeah. guess... I guess I have to go. I have to go get some pennies at home and start gluing to everything. Yeah, I sell these as a kit. Oh, you do? Yeah, you got on, a penny. Got a penny kit <clears throat> online. Really? Get a little bit of glue and a penny. Twenty nine ninety five, or uh, probably five ninety five, but three payments of three. Pa- <laughs> yeah, got to pay for research and development here. I suppose it's a How shipping. How long it took me to find that out? I, I got to ship it to you. I mean, there's priority mail. What's a stamp now? Fifty cents. <laughs> I figured it was five ninety five plus twenty five dollars shipping. Yeah, I mean, we get you on a payment plan. Yeah. Never well, buy another battery. <laughs> Are you tired of cleaning your battery? Yeah. Did the Mr. Mechanic show tell you to do this? <laughs> we'll have to get a kit out to you and, and uh, <laughs> help you solve that problem. There you go. All right, Kyle, another week has gone by. That went quick. Well, 558 to 1110 the numbers to get in next week. Call in early. So I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.